0: Connection Through Conversation Join self-described conversationalist Stacey Heller as she talks with guests about topics and ideas that are sometimes informational, sometimes inspirational and always entertaining on Stacey Connects
1: Hello, everybody. Welcome to Stacy Connects. I, of course, am Stacy Heller. So a reminder for uh, those of you that listen all the time or for new listeners, this show is ultimately about making connections through conversation by asking questions instead of making assumptions and about engaging with the elephant in the room. Because as I say often, I love myself an elephant in the room. Uh, Who doesn't want to befriend that elephant? Uh, Thank you. If you listen live or if you listen later, I so appreciate your support. Remember that you can check out my other show that I do with Eric. It's called Don't Ask Me to Talk. That show airs live on our sister station, uh, 880 Kixie. You can also find it wherever you listen to podcasts. Again, it's called Don't Ask Me To Talk. And you can also follow my Instagram account that is called Stacy Talks, which I feel like is going to be on my gravestone. It's just going to say, here lies Stacy Heller. She talks. Um, You know, that's okay. I'm okay with that. If you would like to chat live, feel free to call 425-373-5527. Otherwise, feel free to leave a voicemail or text the number 475-999-2726. And I'm actually going to ask listeners, next week, I don't have a guest, so I'm going to throw it out to you listeners. Should I skip a week or should I have my family come in? Right? Like, let's see what you have to say. Um. Anyway. My guest today, I have two. Pete Connolly is back of Acute Injury Massage. I love when Pete is on the show. Hello.
2: Great. great to see you, Stacey.
1: It's so great to see you. I saw Pete last week. I talked about it on my show. Uh, Pete helped me with my back, and uh, that's been an ongoing saga. And then actually Pete invited a guest, and uh, so I'm going to say it wrong, but I'm going to try. Emisha? Okay, look at me. So she is a doctor of natural medicine and a doctor of humanitarian services. That is correct. And so, uh, Mom, I will warn you now, this show may be over your head. So I'm just telling you now, there's going to be a lot of talk of uh, energy and how the body can heal and sort of the physical and emotional and psychological and, and every other way um, way that our body works with us and the way that we make it work against us. Um, so conversations from the past week. So here's the deal. Uh, again, hi, Mom. I haven't really spoken to Mom since she got home. I think I was in Boston for a week, and that was crazy town. Left on Wednesday very, very early, and then came home on Saturday night late, Grace and her seven bags of uh, clothing, essentially. Yes, Pete, that is right.
2: That's impressive.
1: That is. uh, It was a lot. We ordered an Uber XL to get to the airport, and (laughs) the guy
2: Did you hire a Sherpa?
1: I I mean, that's sort of me, right? (laughs) And then I brought along my friend Stacy, ironically— Two Stacys and a Grace. And uh, it was a lot of stuff. Now, admittedly, she's been on the East Coast for five years. And so this is an accumulation. And Grace, while not a hoarder, she is a saver. And so she has things from probably high school that are still in those bags, clothing-wise. And
2: is she moving back? Is she bringing all her stuff back?
1: She's bringing all of her stuff back. She didn't bring some things that could be used for decor because she starts in September with Cooper. Uh, she will be sitting for the CPA exam over the course of the next few months. Uh, you take it in four parts, I believe. I don't know. I'm not clearly not a numbers person or an accountant. Uh, but I believe she takes it in four parts. The first part will start in January. And so... She's home at least for the next 10 months, and then she moves into Manhattan where she's going to get an apartment with a couple of friends, and they're going to figure it out. And she will not be able to bring eight suitcases of clothing back because the apartment that she will live in will be about the size of the studio that we're recording in right now. It'll have, like, Murphy beds, and it'll be, you know— It'll be tiny for so, a lot of money. So she's
2: got she's got 10 months to transition, kind of get her head wrapped around the next transition of her life and yes, hop in.
1: Exactly. And she's very excited. She's looking forward to traveling. She's got a friend who will be finished with grad school in the spring going into summer. So they're going to plan a trip. And I love the way that she manifests things. She said, you know, I think for the trip we're going to think about places that are further afield rather than just, you know, like Europe. Because really, Europe is just a six-hour flight from Manhattan, and I could do that during like a vacation. And I was like, okay, like I didn't think about going to Europe on a vacation when I was in my twenties for a week. But I love that she does because that curious, adventurous side—you know, like the world is her oyster.
2: Now you went to Europe this summer. Was she with you?
1: I went to Europe uh, this fall, and she was not with me. Yeah, no, she was. Studying or partying or both in school
2: in, in school. school.
1: Yes. In Boston. Um, Okay. So anyway, so that's what was happening in Boston. It was, uh it was a really interesting time. Um Stacy Harris, Pete, you've met Stacy before. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's been on the show a few times. She asked such interesting questions and it was so interesting hearing Grace's response. We were talking about how we communicate and Grace said, Oh, there is a definitely a way that we communicate, and it's a very passive-aggressive way where we're not going to actually say what we want. And so that was really interesting. I was like, wait, what? I do that? And, uh, you know, she said, I'm working on it, and I, I'm direct with most people. But she said, it would seem that I come from a line of people that can't ask for what they need especially. Let alone what they want,
2: in in the family or anywhere.
1: In the family, uh, especially, and probably in intimate relationships, well, like she- strangers, were like not a problem. But with those that are closest to us, for some reason, there's an inability to ask for what we need or want. Which dovetails to my back thing. That from the moment it happened, I have said. It was so not about the back injury because truly with the fall that I had, if I were to play out the various scenarios of what could have happened, which I'm choosing not to, uh, there could have been so much more damage. And so I am absolutely convinced that it was the universe's way of saying, you're not paying attention and you need to feel things and you're too way too compressed and you need to like breathe into things and you need to unpack some stuff. And so I have been doing that with Pete's help. I have uh, gone to acupuncture a couple times. I have utilized the help of uh, Kathy. I mean, I am using all different kinds of modalities, including crying, <laughs> which I'm not comfortable <laughs> with, but it's okay. I'm doing fine. Um, and it reminded me of a quote that is from Alan Cohen about how, um, you can use pain as a stepping stone versus a campground. And, you know, it's like, it reminds me of a metaphor that I used to talk about with my kids, where when you're in a relationship, think of, uh, Think of yourself as crossing a stream of sorts and every step or every little stone that you step on is a further step in your evolution of knowing yourself and what you want. You know, some of the little rocks are underwater. Some of them are, you know, you can stay there for a while and enjoy the view. They seem pretty secure. Some of them are really slimy, mm-hmm. Uh, you know, but each one, while maybe it's not the sturdiest stone, it's still a stone headed in a direction, a forward direction direction, hopefully. So stones are are a thing that's happening in my life lately.
2: So you recently found a slippery one.
1: I recently found a slippery one <laughs> in the form of a hard <laughs> tile floor. Yes. And, you know, and I'm using that, what happened as a stepping stone to actually uncover some other things rather than camping in that feeling and that experience and having a pity party. So... Beautiful, um,
2: Stacey. Good job.
1: Thank you. Love lovely. Thank you. Uh, today, when I was having acupuncture, I had acupuncture with uh, your old roomie, Carlton. Carlton
2: Mages. Mm-hmm, right? Of Alpine Alp-
1: Acupuncture. Yes. He is awesome. And he was sharing something with me. Uh, I went in last week and he was really focused on the back pain and he did some cupping to bring the bruise up. And then this week, I was sharing with him sort of about the emotional side of the injury. And he shared a story about how, when he was going to Bastille and he took some classes uh one of the professors that he had they would do uh the sweat lodges and you know some shaman teaching and that kind mm-hmm. of thing, and that this particular woman described herself as a world walker, and he explained that she occupied space in multiple different worlds. Uh, She herself is a a Native American. And then I think maybe from her mom's side and her dad was not. And, uh, you know, a spiritual world and an educational world. And so all these different worlds that you occupy. And many of us put on a mask of, you know, oh, I'm in mom mode. So I need to look like this or I'm in wife mode or, you know, whatever it is. And, what I was getting from Carlton is that she was able to authentically be herself and move from world to world. And I said, Oh, that resonates with me. And he said, I thought it would. I think you're a world Walker. Mm-hmm. So I like that. That's kind of cool. Um,
2: well, you certainly wear many hats, Stacy. And, and very well, the ones I've seen you wear, you wear them very well. Thank you. I business, appreciate that. Family as a mom, as a friend, as mentor, as, as business a uh, supporter of businesses.
1: Thank you. Yeah. Oh, I appreciate that. Well, and the goal is to, uh, I'm happy with wearing multiple hats, I just don't want to continue to wear multiple masks. Because that's how I got into this whole thing, all of the compression of stuff. Um, okay, my two last things. I found a really funny book in Boston. It is called, I Am, Why Do I Need Venmo Years Old? Adventures in Aging. So, I loved this because it had things like um, I am no caffeine after 3 p.m. years old. I am. Uh, let's see. Wait, there was some really good ones. Um, I am. I secretly enjoyed line dancing years old. Um, I am. I once used paper mats or maps years old, like all of these things that I was like, oh, my gosh, this means that I'm old, like buying the book and and seeing some of these things like I am the dim lighting makes me look good but it makes it hard to read the menu years old. It was like
2: <laughs> ding 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 ding.
1: Right? Like pretty <laughs> much every single cartoon on the page I was like I am I am that years old and I'm okay with it. I mean it made me laugh and it's good to laugh at yourself so there's that. Um okay. My Staceyism for the week. So this one came out of there's been a lot of uncovering of things and me trying to figure out what I meant to do. And uh, Ben Franklin, weirdly, has come up for me recently as somebody that I I don't know the history behind him. So I may be saying something controversial because I think he had a lot of really good ideas and he was really quite smart and articulate. And his poor Richard's almanac had so many wise sayings in it. Um, but for all I know, he was a jerk. So. Just so we're clear. Uh, But he had one expression, which was, hide not your talents. They for use were made. What's a sundial in the shade? And it made me think of, as I'm thinking about all these things and what i meant to do, this whole idea of no point in hiding my sundial self uh, in the shade because it's not going to do anything. Right?
2: Right. It's not going to do anything. It will be of no service to anyone.
1: Exactly. So that is my uh, my Staceyism or my bit of wisdom from the week, and um, that's it. Let's take a break because I'm really really excited for my guest this week. Keep listening to Stacey Kidex. We'll be right back.
0: Alternative Talk 1150, here to uplift your day.
1: Welcome back to Stacey Connects. A reminder that my guests today are Pete Connolly and Dr. Emisha Lindstrom-Sooch. Hey, look at me. Uh, It's amazing what you can do if you write something out phonetically. (laughs) (laughs) So during the break, I... uh, Emma Shaw was saying that she had some thoughts on my communication piece with uh, that Grace brought up, and that we both seem to be passive aggressive in our communication style because we're not comfortable asking for what we want or need. And you had thoughts on that, so I'm curious. What are your thoughts?
3: First of all, thank you very much, Stacey, for having us. Of course, uh, on your show today. And I would like to address the notion developmentally in terms of how going back to seed events in utero can in fact influence that kind of outcome. So when there is awareness in the body and something happens in the external environment, let's say a train goes by or somebody around mom during her pregnancy is causing activation in her nervous system, The awareness in the baby goes from the muscular system into the bones. That's when you will see a lot of osteoporosis cases emerging. When that's not enough for safety, it will move up into the head. That's what we call mental existence structure. So, for example, you ask them, so how are you doing? And they say, oh, I think I'm okay. The moment you hear, I think I'm okay, you know that they are very much having to think to feel alive Mm -hmm. up in the head which means that there's not going to be a lot of sensation in the physiology because most of the awareness is up here. Ding ding ding. They're going to make a lot of <laughs> you know good scientists, engineers, but they have the t- or or athletes, but they have a tendency to push the physiology in the body to limits and to injuries that they might not even notice, but it takes place. And so the mental existence structure is a also characterized by not being able to ask for help because the autonomic nervous system ended up going into a state of conservation and shut down when there was threatening environment, but there was no capacity to walk away or crawl away, right, mm-hmm. or run away mm-hmm. because they were stuck in a belly. So every time the stimuli outside that does cause activation Pushes awareness upwards, right? And you can push it even further than the mantle to dissociation. That's where you see most of the spectrum. Mm-hmm. And that's really not a pathology. It's I, I choose not to look at it as a pathology. I choose to look at it as where safety resides. Interesting. Okay, and those kids are phenomenal. I was working with this kid. He was about fourteen. He was about twenty feet away from me. Both parents, doctors, had no clue how to deal with him. And um, he was on a level of disability. He was at the stage where he could hardly feed himself. Mm-hmm. Really, he was twenty feet away from me, and all I did was, with his back turned to me, was made created an intention of try to scan him with my hand because I can do that. I can literally take a picture or a person, an image of a person, and scan their hologram in the structure of space and get video recordings of events that led to a certain injury. Interesting. And um, so this kid was like, I was just about to scan him, and he turns around and looks at me and smiles. And from that point on, we were best friends because he just could not find another human being who had the capacity to track him in the structural space? Mm-hmm. Right. It's 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 amazing what, what they can do, and the amount of information that's out there. What's actually creating the overwhelm yeah. for them in the physiology?
2: I have a question for yes. you. So we just kind of hopped into the deep end there, but I wanted to just um, just talk about a little bit. You talked about seed events in embryo. Yes. And let's—if we could just spend a little time, because I'm not sure how many people know the significance. What um, what seeds can get planted in embryo? What what is
3: that? Seed event in embryo has everything to do with the mother's state of consciousness and state of emotional happiness, joy, safety. And as a result, the neochemistry that she produces, by thought alone, by emotion alone, right, through um, her limbic structures, particularly the pituitary gland and the heart, and that is the chemistry that floods the baby in utero. Tying back specifically to the mental structure that we're talking about, you not knowing how to ask for help. When there's nobody around, let's say the fetus gets abandoned, mm-hmm. even in the middle of the night, two o'clock in the morning, mom's not showing up for breastfeeding, because there's no sense of self. There's no brain waves online whatsoever at that stage of development, other than delta, primarily, predominantly delta, which is like delta z- meaning delta meaning zero point five to three hertz. Okay, and is characterized by deep sleep. That's why babies sleep so much. There's nothing online to be able to question or analyze where that source of information or stimuli comes from, right? So the instant reaction for the fetus is one of contraction, compression, pulling inwardly, especially the deep frontal line from a fascial perspective. Very, very tight. Feet are in lotus position, so as that is really controlling the measure of the lumbar spine, is fully contracted. It doesn't even release till you're born, till you push away and you're actually born. And so a lot of this information content in if you are attended to and mom is there and you can sense the heartbeat and the resonance from the prefrontal cortex and you feel the warmth, you know you're alive. Mm-hmm. So the, the kinesthetic, the, the physiological touch for an infant is absolutely critical, and it, it gets hypercoupled with the warmth, with the heartbeat of the mother with survival. And that is a process that starts in your door before birth takes place. So whenever there is an event that leaves that fetus in a state of not knowing in a state of terror and contraction, the mental existence structure is all you have, but there was no help. Mm-hmm. So they get hypercoupled. And whenever there's helplessness and you have had no help when you were helpless in the early stage of development, those can get triggered in surgery, with anesthesia, with a fall, with a car accident. With any kind of injury.
2: Can you give an example? Give give some examples of that. Because it's almost like the, 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 the fetus is not getting right that sense of safety. What
1: I can wh- think like so What's a couple things. Well, here's of some things that are coming up for me, and I'm just going to spit them out in no particular order. One, this takes me back to, and I don't tend to be political, but this takes me back to a woman's choice. Uh, in terms of a pregnancy, right? So something happens to a woman and the energy that you feel when you're pregnant can really impact. And you may be trying to do your best to get excited and, you know, whatever. However, you cannot deny how you feel about it. Or if you're young or you're feeling overwhelmed or ill-prepared financially or your health or whatever it is, you're feeling that and you're transferring that on to your child. So yes. that's yes. one thing that exactly. I was thinking of that, you know, you're talking about. And it's not even something that you're meaning to do. You're so well-meaninged as a parent. I mean, I, I'll i take a hit for that. You know, having four kids and, you know, various situations with the kids, I wouldn't change a thing. And yet some pregnancies were hard and it was really hard to do that. So I could see this idea of planting a seed and how then you energetically, you know, a, a fetus would take that on and would, rea- would react to that.
3: Your amygdala, right, so the, the limbic system is called the chewing brain. It consists of your hypothalamus, your hippocampus, and your amygdala. The amygdala is like a, re- like a m- microphone. Mm-hmm. It will record everything that takes place around you, everything you experience, That's how the brain becomes an artifact. It contains everything that happens to you. You are not aware of everything that happened to you over time, right? Mm -hmm. In fact, it takes up until two, three years of age for us to be able to realize that we are not mom, right? For the first three years of life, you look at mom, mom smiles, that means I'm okay. Mom's not smiling, that means I'm not okay Mm -hmm. if mom's not there. That means I don't even know who I am. right? So the whole notion of actually just, you know, dumping gets a daycare at three months. Um, a lot of developing countries do with that. Results in a direct shutdown of that onomic nervous system, which really controls everything above the diaphragm through the vagus nerve, the 10th cranial nerve. So you can take a breath and have a heartbeat without having to think about it. And the posterior aspect of the vagus nerve is actually wiring the viscera in all of your internal organs. And they work like a brake mm-hmm. and,
1: and gasoline.
3: Mm-hmm. Right. So you cannot run from the tiger and have your picnic at the same time. right? Right. And mammals are very good at experiencing trauma and just getting up and shaking it off and going back to grazing within minutes. Because we have the prefrontal cortex, we can't quite do that. Mm-hmm. Right? On top of that, we have maybe 5% of our mind that's actually conscious. Then we have the analytical mind, mm-hmm. and then we have the unconscious mind. So a lot of the prior to emotional self regulation emerging in the nervous system at age three mm-hmm. and detachment from parents taking place is in fact happening at those early states when the predominant brain waves up until H two is delta and between two and six is theta is still very low, between three and seven hertz. There's no analysis of right and wrong. But there's, there's the no memory, discernment. thanks but to there's the, the amygdala. Right. And exactly.
1: So then we may experience something and it may be a trigger point for us or there's some association that we have that puts us potentially into fight, flight or freeze. And it's Somatic, right? So using modalities
3: that integrate somato psycho psychosomatic, no matter which way you go, mm-hmm. right? It's absolutely critical. What I ended up choosing for my doctor to really explore that I found to be very important to address, especially in the context of integrative medicine, that goes a little bit beyond a conventional framework in terms of scientific paradigms, mm-hmm. is mm-hmm. that in a case of a car accident, for example, that vehicle coming towards you, and let's say there's not enough time and space to, for you to get out of the way, mm-hmm. right? Before it even gets anywhere near the body of your car, it's going to enter the electromagnetic wave, uh, the electromagnetic field of your heart and your brain, right? Which is about minimum ten feet in diameter. Mm-hmm. So before it becomes a physical phenomenon it's actually an energetic right electromagnetic energetic which is going to instantly trigger an onomic response mm-hmm. which is going to become neurological and only then it becomes physical so
1: Let me translate that it down. for mom So mom you're in the car and you're driving and you see that there is a car up ahead and that you might collide with the car and even though there is still, in theory, space between you and the car, you are anticipating what's going on it, because it's entered your energetic field. It's, en, it's entered your subconscious. It's entered your consciousness and realizing what could happen. And you're playing based on past experiences and past, you know, reasoning that this is going to happen. And you've created an end result. You're probably tensing up and things are happening.
3: So the contraction patterns that take place on the bracing
1: event, Mm -hmm.
3: given you actually see the car coming towards you, right? So let's say it's coming from the right. So there's a cervical contraction to actually look at the oncoming vehicle, right? And then the natural response of your nervous system in the last minute is just to contract the front line and turn into a ball as much as you can to protect that heart and the head, right? Mm -hmm. On impact. So I'm just going to pause it right there not to re-traumatize our listeners here, right? right? right. We are not having a car impact experience right now. We are just (laughs) speaking about the potential, right? Right. Hypothetical. Hypothetical. To be able to explain the sequence and how we actually address. So you don't do PT. You don't do physical body work to address a phenomenon that's electromagnetic, Mm -hmm. right? We have to use modalities of care that corresponds to the phenomenon we were trying to solve. So my thought was, let's look at the energetic boundary rapture. Let's look at the field around us. Just like in a neutron star, right? You have the energetic field of that star. The moment there's a transformation between a neutron star down to a white dwarf, Where did the information go, right? There's densification, but there was a tremendous amount of energy and information in the field of that star Mm -hmm. that's going to go somewhere, right? It's going to be around that star. Same thing. We have this huge field effect every time we have a heartbeat, and there's an associated emotion and thought with that. We literally creating information fields in the structure space around us. Therefore, if this car came from the right, for me to be able to resolve that impact trauma, what I would have to do, number one, is to be able to give that patient an opportunity to do something differently. We must go in and decouple that hypercoupled state of consciousness and experience that got coded on the synaptic level, literally, in the context of sensation, image, mm-hmm. action, behavior, affect, meaning strong emotion, and meaning. This is what we call the cyber model. And it got coined by um, one of my favorite um, teachers, uh, Dr. Daniel Siegel.
1: Okay, wait. Before you go on, I'm going to do more translating for my listeners. Because… This is like, this is interesting stuff. And yet it's also, it's a lot to take in. So I'm going to translate this. So when I fell two weeks ago, and I could keep, you know, when my back would throb and it would pulsate with the pain, it's like I was replaying this injury of my foot falling out from under me and my entire body just slamming down on my hard bathroom floor. And when I went in and I had a massage with Pete, one of the things that he did, one of the first things that he did is he encouraged me to change the narrative of, okay, when you're feeling this pain, let's change what it is you're falling on because you fell on the hard tile floor once. You don't need to continue to keep falling on the hard tile floor. And so did some work on that. Now, for all of those of you that are like, what the heck are you talking about? I will tell you that this is a real thing because today I was coming down the stairs to get ready to come for the show and I slipped down the stairs and my body immediately went into the memory of falling in the bathroom. And I had to like do everything that I could to know that I was okay after that fall, that this was not that time and that like it's all good. We're we're landing on fluffy clouds, which is the thing Pete said. You know, envision whatever it is, and so I was like, "Fluffy clouds." Um, although when I was telling um, when I was telling Emma Shaw about this earlier, she was like, "You could think about hunky firefighters." I'm like, "Why didn't I think of that?" <laughs> um, but you know, this so this idea that you're talking about with this traumatic thing, um, I just wanted to explain to people that like when you've had something. And why you even mentioned for listeners that have maybe had some kind of a collision that like, no, 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 you don't need to replay this. This is not that. And that you can feel it and I could feel it in my emotional and physical body when I slipped today. Like, (gasps) okay, And then I was like, no, 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 this isn't then. This is something, you know, we're good. So anyway.
3: So what happens is there's literally a rupture in the space around you where. That impact takes place. In your case, it's behind you, right? It's going to be the back line. And in addition to changing environmental parameters of what would have been ideal, right, you can have a jello wall. You can have a pile of pillows behind you. You can have anything or somebody actually catching you. Or if we, in fact, wanted to address the seed event that okay. Pete was talking about, let's stitch that in here for a moment. Okay. If we really wanted to address the need for help, no, you're not alone. Yes, I'm here to hold you. Yes, you can hold on to something. Mm -hmm. Suddenly, the helplessness factor goes down. Right. So if we imagine the firefighters, well, maybe not a good idea in a shower, right? But, I uh, mean, <laughs> <fine>. right?
1: <laughs> if I can imagine firefighters, I get to imagine that I am like super cute. There you go. <laughs> and worthy <laughs> of firefighters. <laughs>
3: <laughs> but the notion is like, imagine actually somebody being there or even having a rope you can hold on to. So if we do, in fact, deal with prenatal trauma... The one rope that you did have to hang on to while the train was going by and you didn't know what that was, right, was the umbilical cord. Mm-hmm. right? So uh, having something in front that you know you can hold and it's sturdy and notice there's a Notice that there is a way in which you can actually prevent the falling backwards in addition to imagining really good traction under the feet mm-hmm. and slowing things down. And the best part is this one. Knowing what muscle contracted first. Notice on imagination, just by thought alone, right? Notice what muscle would contract first for you to be able to actually stand straight instead of slipping. As you pull that rope to help you hold up. It's going to be arm line, right? Mm -hmm. And getting once again back to seat event. The first thing that we could actually utilize was our fingertips. So even sensing with our fingertips inside of your mom's internal environment, it's going to be arm line. It's mm-hmm. going to be hands. So any kind of early trauma is going to be first and foremost in the hands. So when we thaw out an event, and in your case, inserting a, the ideal support behind you and something to hold on to, mm-hmm. right, and notice that you survive. And the moment we notice that we survived is when the autonomic nervous system for the very first time gets interrupted in terms of procedural memory.
2: Mm-hmm. New, in, new info. No info. Right.
3: It's like, oh, you mean that's possible? Mm-hmm. Yes, it is. And the moment you sense that, you're going to be feeling if you are, in fact, embodied in your body, right, not in dissociated in space or mm-hmm. in your head, but actually in embodiment because it's safe enough to be there you can going to be sensing tingling, right? Right now, maybe even in your fingertips, the arms. I can feel it in my legs just by talking about it. Okay? Mm-hmm. And these bubbles rising is what we encourage. This is what thawing out the autonomic nervous system actually feels like. And when we allow and with the breath, encourage. Notice you survive. Notice the breath flowing. Notice the bubbles rising up from the toes through the legs. Through the torso, through the heart, through the throat, through the top of the head, just like a whale or a dolphin releasing that water, mm-hmm. right? So we allow flow. Right? Rigidity, fixity is trauma. Flow is resolution of that state, right? So with the automatic freeze and shutdown, what we are trying to create, in fact, is flow. Mm-hmm. Right? If the system shut down, we're going to kindle it a little bit, Right? if the system is highly activated and you're noticing a um, person freaking out uh-huh. or being afraid and freaking out, right? Because being very quiet and not freaking out doesn't mean that they're okay, right? Right. That's called the freeze. freeze. So we're gonna kindle it. When they're really hyperactive, we wanna be able to quench that, noticing how we can ground that system in a safe way reminding that system that, oh, look, there's a ground on it. Notice the chair. Notice the support behind you. Even immediately after a car accident that you would want to do as a first-day trauma, Mm -hmm. whether you're dealing with a car accident or you're dealing with a two-year-old having had a fall immediately, Mm -hmm. right, is you get them sitting down with their back up against the wall or something safe, and the sacrum is actually grounded, Mm -hmm. feet on the ground, hands on the ground notice your breath, notice that you survived, notice reminding the nervous system of support around them that they can, in fact, collapse and lean into. It's very important. And the moment the connection's there and the brain realize that it is, in fact, supported, right, Mm -hmm. and there's presence and attunement to that state of support, it will instantly let go and thaw out. That's why it's so critical to thaw out immediately after impact and and in fact, Pete and I were, um, were hoping, I, I personally suggested it as a policy proposal in my doctorate dissertation uh, for the healthcare system in general to not only incorporate lymphatics, mm-hmm. right? Because the lymphatics is, is, is the edema, is the inflammation, the inflammatory response that comes from lack of self-regulation due to activation due to shutdown, right? this extra fluid we can actually pump out right after surgery right. and reduce pressure on nerves. But the moment we actually resolve the energetic boundary rupture that is involved in surgical procedures, anesthesia, impact, all of those things, mm-hmm. if it's addressed right away, it will allow the patient to recover way faster. Pain levels instantly go from, let's say, level 8 to level 1 or 2. And inflammation goes down. Coherence goes up. HIV sets in. It's just a, an, an amazing transformation, and I end up calling it holographic quantum transformations. Of um, course you
1: do, because that's like a brilliant term. Um, I'm actually – I want to take a break here. Sure. Uh, and again, I'm going to translate so this idea with the lymphatic, uh, Pete does a lot of massage therapy using uh, lymphatic massage, and this whole release thing, it's like think of having a pimple. And you need to release the pressure a bit, and you need to allow things to move through so that they can heal, whatever it is that is potentially poisoning some part of your lymphatic system, you need to move it through and get good things moving through your body so that they can heal and release that pressure that you're feeling. Don't know if that's a good description, but when we come back, you can tell me. Keep listening to Stacey Connects. We will be right back with Pete Connolly and Emesha lindstrom Suit.
0: Stacy Heller is many things. Entertaining, yet enlightening. She's a talk show host channeling her inner fallon. Like Winston Wolfe, she's a fixer who gets things done with style. Practical, like Dr. Ruth. Stacy isn't afraid of the uncomfortable when searching for answers. She's your biggest fan and sees your potential before you do. Most of all, Stacy Heller is a synapse, who can connect impulses and ideas about your business and yourself into possibility? To connect with Stacy, go to stacyconnects.com. Stacy Connects, it's her superpower. Don't let that herd mentality lead you off a cliff. We support Thinking for Yourself on Alternative Talk 1150.
1: Welcome back to Stacey Connects. I'm Stacey Heller. So we have been chatting about things that I am doing my darndest to translate because I'll tell you what, uh, while I have experienced some of these things, I cannot speak of them with the same level of experience or intelligence that my two guests can. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to pass the baton, if you will, over to these two, Pete, and, you know... For the layman, have a conversation about how this works, uh, how what you do works in conjunction, how this helps people that have had maybe a surgery or an injury or something like that. Go.
2: Go, here we go. <laughs> so, many, I wanted to throw out there one of the things I find so often in the client, in my clientele who come in, is they're looking for something else. They may be seeing the best PT in the world, they're getting great acupuncture, they're seeing a fabulous naturopath there. Whatever their modality for healing, um, something's not quite working. They're not recovering, and I'm going to suggest. And and people who've worked with me know that I'm always working in the field to some degree because trauma gets stored in the field, and it's a bookmark. It's a handle to the way in. And if wait, you,
1: explain fields for people, uh, not like, like out like, in the field, like, like
2: the uh, the energetic ele- field, the energetic field around our body. Yeah, right. If something is there, in my world, it needs to be tended because you can do it all the body work you want, you can do all the lymphatic work, you can do brain work, you can do visceral work, you can do bone work, you can joint release, but none of it's going to stay. In fact, I would argue what you perceive in the body is, is distorted because it's being filtered by what's happening in the autonomic nervous system. That's right. Once you clear the field piece... And it, it, re- it requires a relationship between the practitioner and the client. And we need to get into heart space, right? We need to start feeling, feeling that experience. So coming in and expecting it to get fixed, like that's not part of the equation here. Like it's a collaboration. It's, it's coming into relationship. And most importantly, a client if i'm the client my me coming in relationship with my body on a deeper level understanding feeling coming into the heart and then resolution can start, can can happen it can it can bring that ease and relax and relaxation through the field and then everything shifts and like you said amisha the pain drops and then now you can now you can drop into the brain stuff now you can drop into the the, the lymph. In fact, how many people I see come in for lymph, lymph work, supposedly lymphedema, but the real issue is there's is an autonomic nervous system. Something's happened in the past that has hit the brakes on the lymph system because it's
3: just a byproduct. The two
2: systems are so coupled. Yes.
3: And it's very much tying into immunology as well. Exactly. So that's why we call it psychoneuroimmunology because we work with the mentor realm mainly with the autonomic nervous system that has a direct impact on the immune system, as well as, of course, in lymphatic production. And um, what I love about what I do, and I think it's kind of important for us to mention that I have had uh, about 11 years of uh, hands-on practical experience of doing body work as well, Um, In fact, Pete was my lymphatic instructor in massage school for which I'm extremely grateful. And if there's anything I could change about that would be let's start lymphatic classes first day of school, not leaving it to the third quarter because I think it's one of the most critical systems in the body that is highly undertaught in both conventional and alternative medical schools.
1: Like gateway, isn't it? Through the energetic like body
3: well, it's your sewage system, right? So for you to be able to manage toxicity in the system, it's absolutely critical that you know how it accumulates, how it travels, how it gets created in the first place mm-hmm. before you even think about management, right? Just like with the, you know, international transboundary ecosystems, which is what I've done in the past, and with industrial ecology and on-site treatment options, you need to understand what your input, throughput, and output is going to be in order to be able to manage anything, whether that's air emission, water permits, um, whatever we are managing, right? There's going to be dilution zone. Lymphatic system has a dilution zone in terms of space between your cells, but there's no pump, right? So for us to know that the autonomic nervous system when it's shut down and you don't have a proper respiratory wave, you're not only not getting oxygen to your brain to function and produce proper neurochemistry, but you're also not going to have any pump because the breathing and the movement is the only pump we have to be able to move lymph around. Plus, it's a one-way street, and it goes from bottom up. So for me, if let's say I have an ankle injury and I have a swollen ankle, for me to be able to get that inflammation off from my ankle all the way up and we need to bring it back up all the way to the subclavian portal which is under our clavicle, right? What is gonna bring, there's no pump. The circulator the, has a pump, the heart, but lymph doesn't. So we must breathe, that's why the onomic function is absolutely critical to have a healthy respiratory wave. The moment we create an onomic balance, resolve the trauma, The system gets to collapse and self-organize at a different level. Suddenly you have a brand new respiratory wave, not just a new heart wave, but a new respiratory wave that sets in. And that is that new respiratory wave that is so essential for the pumping of lymph, for, of course, circulation to take place in a healthy manner, for being able to pump blood from the indoor organs into our big muscles to be able to go for a run or walk away from a situation.
2: And how about after surgery? So often after surgery, so you have the surgery, there's, right, there's this energetic piece, the trauma, the autonomic nervous system, right, is compromised. And then we, we put on compression garments that are meant to uh, compress the venous system. But in doing so, you're 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 shutting off the lymphatic system significantly. There are compression garments to support the lymph flow, and can do both. But to just get to just put a, a tight garment around some part of your body is not part of the solution. No, it's not. Yeah,
3: absolutely. So, and post surgery, you're also dealing with breath being cut off. Right, that is in general anesthesia one of the biggest issues we have from a trauma resolution perspective. Is 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 Respiratory area being, respiration being cut off, basically. And how do we remind that nervous system that they, in fact, survived? Um, I taught a class in um, uh, one of the local colleges here in Washington State to nurses because they are at the interface. They are the ones who are really having to experience the patient coming out of uh, an under-anesthesia state to. Noticing that they are alive. And because developmentally helplessness gets hyper coupled with going under, right? Therefore, when we come out of it, one of the most critical pieces for people to be able to have a really good recovery is to be able to see a smile. And unfortunately, with all the masks, and that goes for COVID, right? Mm -hmm. One of the things that we eliminated was the ventral vagal expression of that. Facial smile, right? When you look at me and I'm smiling that means I'm okay. When you're not seeing me, right, Mm -hmm. you don't know what's going on. And you could see all through COVID the facial expression of children being extremely activated and very, very alert constantly when they looked around and had no smile. I don't know if you guys had Mm -hmm. that experience. But the same thing
1: with a patient coming out of surgery is like, like it's so important. Three minutes. So I want to give you an opportunity in the last like minute and a half if there's uh, anything else you want to make sure you get out plus I want to give you an opportunity to share your information if people are interested in working with you
2: so i'm I'm just curious well just Emma show what would you offer um, people is there anything people can do on their own to help to help this process help develop more body awareness so that they can Facilitate movement forward.
3: Absolutely. There's another thing they can do. Um, rewriting in the mind. Practicing alternative ideal outcomes. So, for example, instead of this car-, car coming at you, imagine yourself being on an overramp much higher up. Or, you know, being in a big truck much higher up. Or imagining that car coming towards you being matchbox size. Plenty of space. To roll under your car and out to the other side, for example, and notice that you survived. There's lots of things that we can do as input into the sensation, image, action, behavior, feeling, and meaning. Ultimately, the meaning is going to be a big decider factor, what you assign as meaning to an an experience.
2: And so if people want to contact you, how do people get hold of you, Amisha? (laughs) (laughs) (laughs)
3: Um, I have a clinic in um, Mill Creek. Um, It's just outside of Mill Creek, actually. And it's called Integrative Healing. Uh, Since I travel quite a bit, um, having parents overseas, I I tend to be on the road quite a bit. Um, I do a lot of telemedicine and self-regulation therapy is the Name of what I do in mm-hmm. addition to holographic quantum transformations, and that can easily be done through the internet as well through Zoom um, because the resonance from the prefrontal cortex is goes beyond time, space, and time. Because, for example, if you take a mother and a child, you can measure the mother's brain waves in the child's heart waves and the child's brain waves in
1: the mother's heart waves. It's like I'm like. We're going to need like three days for this. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I can't imagine taking a class from you. I would be like, oh, my gosh, so much to learn. So if you want to learn more about what Shah does, then go to integrative-healing.com. You can learn more about her. And remember, you can learn more about Pete Connolly at his website, which is Aim by Pete. That's acute injury massage. So Aim by Pete. Thank you, too, for being my guest. I'm sorry we ran out of time. And next week, remember, folks, let me know. Do you want my family to come on or not? In the meantime, Merry Christmas, Happy Hanukkah, and thank you, Eric.